Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and thank you for joining our Relief from Darkness podcast, where we're having conversations with people who have walked out of various stuck places in their lives and into freedom with Christ. So for today's session, we will be hearing from Pastor Tanya and her walk out of living from a place of fear. So Tanya's worked as an RN for over 10 years, but now she serves alongside her husband of 31 years at Lifeway Church in Kingfisher, Oklahoma. She leads the Women's Ministry, Freedom Ministry, and Intercessory Prayer Team. Her passion is Jesus and seeing people walk in the freedom God offers all of us. Hi, friends. I'm Molly, and we're here today with our Relief from Darkness podcast crew, continuing our conversation where we're just exploring how we can truly be set free from the stuck places in our lives. And a stuck place can be anything ranging from depression or complex trauma or nightmares or anxiety and then really everything in between. Because here at No Boundaries, we really do believe that the thought processes that have us in stuck places can be healed through Christ. And as our thought processes change, our brain changes. And as our brains change, then we change our life. So we're here today with our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Hi, Basie. guys. And then joining us today is going to be our guest, Tanya, and she's going to be telling us about her experience with fear. So fear can be described as an intensely unpleasant emotion in response to perceiving or recognizing a danger or a threat. So fear causes psychological changes that may produce behavioral reactions such as like mounting an aggressive response or feeling the threat and then fears in human beings may um, occur whenever there's certain stimuluses that are either occurring in the present or an anticipation or an expectation of a future threat perceived as a risk. So the fear response arises from this perception of danger, which leads to either a fight, flight, or freeze kind of response. So Tanya, with that, can you just tell us about your experience and what it was like living under fear? Well, from my earliest moments in childhood, I was under this fear, this internal fear. In fact, my mom told me, even as a very small child before I could speak, I was uh, tormented with night terrors. They um, had taken me to the pediatrician and had tried to put me on sleeping medication. So from my earliest memories, I had a lot of internal fear, fear of failure, fear of the demonic, nighttime stuff, you name it. I just was bound up with a lot of fear from my earliest memories, actually. In fact, I was looking through my baby book and my mom had even wrote in there, you're such a nervous little thing. So this is something that happened from my earliest memories. Yeah. So did that translate into like adulthood as well then? Yes. So I, as I grew, I, like I said, I had a lot of night terrors, nightmares. And so there's two ways mainly that this fear would manifest fear through, well, pretty much every area of my life had a lot of fear, a lot of fear of failure. Um, so I just would never complete anything. I would start a lot of things, mm. but I wouldn't finish them. I didn't know that's what I was doing as yeah. a child. My parents loved me very much. And so they just kind of would let me hop from thing to thing. And then the second way was um, my nighttime, the uh, nightmares, um, the things that I would see in the night, the lack of sleep. And yeah, those were the main two that I really can look back and say those were two areas where fear really had me stopped. So then what was that like um, just in everyday life or in relationships? Like, Did it affect relationships or your relationship with Jesus? Like, what did that look like? 
Well, absolutely affected my relationship. My first relationship, I'd have to say, um, bless my little sister's heart because I would wake her up in the middle of the night um, when I would see things or hear things or have the nightmares. And then she got brought into all that trauma, which, you know, she didn't have that fear, but I brought her into that. And so that was, you know, that's sad, but you know, she was my little sister. And so she would pray with me and, and we would pray together. Um, then that also translated into as the nighttime stuff can continue to progress. And I would try to share that with people, you know, people didn't always believe. And so then there was a mistrust there. And I can understand that as an adult looking back at, you know, I'm seeing demonic things. I, you know, I remember even as a small child looking at the clock, just waiting until after 3 a.m. Because after 3 a.m., that would subside. Um, The the torment would start to lighten up. And so there was mistrust with some of, they believed part of it, but not all. And so then that went both ways, I think. Then I started to maybe not trust other people as well because they didn't believe um, what I was saying. And then, um, yeah, I think those would probably be the two main things that affected with adults. And then my sweet little sister, um, I just got labeled as like, I said before, nervous, intense. And um, then it just becomes like ingrained in you. Like I really kind of was a fighter, you know, like, um, you know, praying and getting out. I remember even before I could really read, like we had this picture Bible thing. And I remember my sister and I would look at the picture Bible and and call out to Jesus. And so I knew uh, I knew God, but. It was later in life. We'll get to that is when I really had my breakthrough with that. But I just kind of pop, just kind of went through life um, in and out of this place. Um, but then my senior year, my husband and I now, uh, we got married actually, but I got pregnant with my first son, Garrett. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he was the first thing I'd ever completed. (laughs) And I still remember uh, the day that my water broke. It was a real slow leak. And so I didn't realize I was just going for a routine checkup. And um, my husband was working two hours away. And the doctor immediately demanded that I go straight to the hospital. And as soon as he left the room, I just looked at my sister and I said, don't listen, you take me to mom. And I, she was a nurse. And so I go running into her back office, fall on my back, make a complete fool of myself. But I Talk about being racked with fear. Yeah. This is the first thing that I'm really going to finish. And if I could have, I would have stayed pregnant forever. Mm. And so with the help of my mom and my sister, they get me to the hospital. And then Terry comes. And of course, we have our beautiful baby boy. Now, uh, he was on a football scholarship. And so he was during two days when Garrett was born. And Garrett had colic. Um, my sister and my mom lived in a home, our hometown two hours from where we grew up. And so I was home alone a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I got the baby blues, which I didn't really know a lot about that. You know, I was just 19 years old. And I remember one day specifically, Terry was gone and I was having one of my nightmares. And I awoke to Garrett crying. And I remember getting up and getting him and I was trying to coddle him and get him quieted down because he had that high-pitched scream. Like I said, he did have colic. And all of a sudden, I remembered the walls began to move <laughs> And I remember for the first time in my life crying out to God like I never had before. And and I remember just telling him, you need to do something. 
Like, I don't care what you do. If you want me to go to a crazy house, I will. Like, I'll just do whatever, but you've got to help me because I'm really losing it. And I remember just yelling as I was holding my son, I'm losing it. Do you see me? And all of a sudden, I noticed that Garrett started to cry softer and I had this thought, it's working. And so I started pressing in more and patting him and all of a sudden the atmosphere in the room just really began to shift and I felt this warmth starting to come over my body and my sweet baby was sound asleep on my chest for just snuggled in and I had this aha moment and I remember thinking, this is where I go. This is what I do. Yeah. When I'm overwhelmed, when I can't do it, this is this is where my strength comes from. And so that started a process in my life uh, with Jesus that when I began to get those fears or that overwhelming, that I knew now where to go in that place of surrender. And so the Lord and I slowly began to, He started to walk me out of those uh, places and I began to complete things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So Dr. Lori, can you go ahead and just give us the brain dump of fear? Wow. What a story. Yes. And so I think anybody who's afraid, then if you are just pregnant, you'll have to go ahead and complete it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's quite the example about how it's sink or swim. You're going to have to go through this thing. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. But, but with the CPR of that, I love what Tanya talked about with connection and connection is so beautiful that we can connect with others. But as she was trying to connect with her sister or with other people, then they had doubt or they didn't know how to handle some of the things that she was seeing. And so ultimately she had to be connected with the creator and it's actually his perfect love that casts out fear. And it's not a one and done. It's just a process that we're not meant to connect one time and then disconnect. We're meant to be connected with him forever. And as we're afraid or as we have fear or as we have behaviors like not completing things, then I think as we're with other people and we see that other people complete things and we don't, not for comparison or not to be jealous because they complete things and we don't, but then to know that there might be something going on. Mm -hmm. And so as we drive a vehicle and if the warning light or the indicator comes on that we need to check the engine, then we we pull over or we take it to get the engine checked. And so as Tanya then saw that that people weren't reacting in the same way or she was trying to bring people in and they didn't understand, they weren't rejecting her, but they didn't know what to do with that. And right. so then as we connect with then ultimately Jesus, his perfect love cast out fear. Mm-hmm. And I think in the middle of not completing things or being riddled with fear or having night terrors or or functioning and operating like that, it's also important that we've talked about the C in CPR of connection, but it's also really important to talk about the psychoeducation. And what Tanya talked about, there's there's usually a reason, and sometimes we don't even know all the reasons why we act that way. And with her, you were so young, and you had no idea probably what was the root or the etiology of all of that fear. But then if we don't work through and process through and connect with Jesus and then change our behaviors and that behavior doesn't just dissipate, Mm -mm. then that's your automatic response in your brain. And so as we go through life, then with the psychoeducation, knowing that her brain is wired towards fear And then through her routine, she has to activate those things and then follow through. Mm -hmm. And in her routine, then again, she went to the one who could do Mm -hmm. just that. He could 
So I, this perfect love, get rid of fear. I feel like this pregnancy thing, like that's actually brilliant. This is a really good visual of, I think, the psychoeducation of mm-hmm. like, you have to go through it. So you're saying, don't there ain't Lord, no putting that on like, hold. You can't like not, right? Yeah. And so, but in a similar way, like just for visual purposes, but like your brain has to fire. So you mm-hmm. have to have kind of that fear, fear response, response in order to combat it mm-hmm. with something different, mm-hmm. right? And so you, if you're automatically wired towards, um, if I'm automatically wired towards a fear response or to be afraid or a fear-based behavior, then can you just give some practical uh, routine like examples? Well, I think about if it, it's like the smoke alarm is being pulled in our brain. And okay. if the smoke alarm is being pulled and we've got fear, then it's really important to assess the environment and to say, well, really, am I in danger? Am, is there immediate things that I need to take care of so that I can eliminate the danger in my life? And in these cases, there's not immediate danger. It's perceived danger, the false right. evidence appearing real. But your brain actually has to activate because that's the way it's wired. But then you have to look around and say there's no smoke. There's literally no fire. And then brain stand down. And you may have had to act that way for whatever reason when I was young. I may have had night terrors. But now is different than then. And my brain needs to just readjust. Yeah. So, Tanya, will you tell us more about what Jesus has done? Well, I think it's been really fun walking on this pathway with the Lord and just him showing me, like Lori said, that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And that, you know, I learned that fear doesn't stop you. But I also realized that fear, the word of God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, right? Right. But of love, power, and a sound mind. So that Mm -hmm. spirit that I was coming up against was demonic. Mm Mm-hmm. So whether it's pathways in my mind, that may be true. And that is true, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're a three-part being. Right. So we have to address all of it. Okay. And that spirit, when I came to Jesus Christ and I surrendered to him and I said, no matter what, I need you to do something, he did it. And that perfect love cast out that fear. Mm-hmm. Because years later, many years later, I was awoken to nothing and my heart was pounding. And the Holy Spirit said, what is that that you're feeling? And I said, that is fear. And he said, did I give you that? And I said, no. He said, tell it to go. So I don't want any listener out there right now to miss this. Because yes, there is fear and there is false evidence appearing real, but there is also demonic strongholds. So if you are being tormented by a demonic spirit of fear like I was from coming from the womb, and you are a child of God, or you're not a child of God yet. He is love, and He casts out fear in the name of Jesus Christ, and Mm -hmm. you do not have to be tormented. And the one who is worthy of all trust wants you to trust Him. And that's what I learned. Mm -hmm. I don't I'm not upset or I understand why people didn't trust me. But the reality is, is there is only one that is so trustworthy, right? Yeah. And he has the power to set all things right. So that fear, whether it's spiritual or it's a physical fear, perfect love casts out all fear and he is love and you shall know the truth and you shall be free. And so now I just have to remind myself, am I reacting 
or am I responding? Mm, that's good. And so what, who am I responding to? And yeah. so I just had to say that because I really believe with my life, it was very much spiritual. And I, I know there was other parts and those pathways got there. They got there from the torments of the enemy who didn't fight fair when I was a very small child, but those pathways were there mm-hmm. and they had to be walked out. And so that's why we need podcasts and we need teaching like this. Right. But we also have to address the spiritual. So we need to come up under that spirit of love and take yes. our, and here's the thing, like, I think especially right now, just mm-hmm. in, it doesn't matter what culture you're in, mm-hmm. there's almost this, uh, just a permission yes. to get under a spirit of fear. Right. Like, I mean, you can have whatever ailment or whatever, mm-hmm. and people will even agree with you or give you permission to be afraid or to not take your authority. Right. Like as a child of God. Yeah. And I was thinking about this the other day, um, literally just this topic of like, Jesus we we're sitting there and I was like, Jesus, and this is just really real, but like, do I have to be afraid of you? Like, what makes you trustworthy? And like, just this idea that you can even ask him those questions. And it was like, he's holy, mm-hmm. meaning he can't sin against me. You know what I mean? Like he, like if God is holy and if Jesus is holy, he can't sin against me. So he can't, he's actually incapable of producing fear inside of me, which is what keeps him over that. Or is it like, what are your thoughts on this? Like if he's absolutely holy, right? And he can't sin against me. then wouldn't that actually make him the most trustworthy? Well, the Bible talks about, the Bible talks about reverent fear, right? Right. And that fear is a gift. Yeah. So there's different kinds of fear. But not in the case of like a demonic or no, like a... No, because he's holy and good. But when you see, when you read in Revelations, right, in, in John, yes, you know, he was the one that put his head on Jesus's chest, right? But when you see those eyes of fire, our natural response, where do you think you're going to be? Right. So I think that sometimes it, we try to see things through a worldview and what we know, and we try to break that down. But the reality is, is we have to stay focused on what the Word of God says. And so I think, I don't know, it's hard for me. I'm not really, I guess, tracking with you on that. Yes, God loves you and He accepts you and He casts out that fear that keeps you from Him. But there is a reverent fear of God, yes, in a respect and awe and wonder. So, is I guess I'm just not following the actual question of. I mean, I guess that's why I was kind of hard. I'm very black and white personality. Yeah, no, that's good. And so. I think we. I mean, we need that. So I guess that's my question, Doctor Lori. What would you say? I think there's a fear of the Lord. Yes, mm-hmm. and we want to release the fear of the Lord in our lives as a beginning of wisdom. And at the end of the day. I think that's what even Solomon, the wisest man on the planet said, is that we have to have the fear of the Lord and do what he says. Yes. And so that's a godly pressure to do what's right. And so I have the, I think it really just comes down to every day we have to choose. So who are we going to choose? Are we going to choose God? Are we going to choose ourselves or our feelings or even our neural pathways that have been set because of things that were experienced earlier. And so my mind and my will and my emotions need to submit to the Lord. I need to have a biblical understanding and anything that's not the love and the joy and the peace and the godly pressure to do what he says to do because he's a king and I'm not. Mm -hmm. I think that 
that pretty much summarizes it. So here's my thing. This is just, since we're here. (laughs) So, and I have you too. So if there's this, though, can we just expand on this idea, though, then, of how do I know for the listener and for anyone, like, then how would we know or how do you guys rank what is the difference between this holy fear of the Lord Mm. and a fear that has me under an oppressive spirit? For me, that's very easy. The reverent fear of the Lord is more of an awe and wonder, and there is a you know, when I feel his presence, I may have a little tremble to me, but there is a goodness and a sense of love and just, you know, and the tears may come, but there's just an overwhelming sense of his goodness and awe and purity and love. When there is the fear from the demonic or the other, it is a, a cringe and I'm pulling away mm-hmm. versus I'm on my face and I may be crawling towards the throne. But man, I've got to get to my Jesus. And so I'm I'm shaking and I'm in awe and I'm hiding my face or whatever it is. But I want more. Everything in me draws to my creator versus the other fear is pulling me away. And there's danger and there's, um, I just know I need to not be a part of that. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. So then uh, is there any just like go-to scriptures or things that you've done like over the years to maintain, just to maintain? Well, I'm in the Word every day. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that my husband, even at 19 years old, started telling me, how are you going to hear God speak if you're not reading His Word? And so I love, I'm always in one of the Gospels. I love Jesus. He's just radically saved me. And so I know that it sounds silly, but if I go too long without not being in one of the Gospels, I just miss that piece. Um, But of course, uh, He has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. Um, I I hang my hat on that one a lot um, because I did struggle with fear for so many years. Um, what is impossible with man is possible with God, um, and it is not with wise and persuasive words, yeah. but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because that's really been—I've seen that in my life time and time again— Um, even listening to this podcast, you probably will hear where I've caught my words or maybe I didn't sound so eloquent. But the power of God is in me and He releases through me. And and by His grace, He lets me be a part of healing and He lets me be a part of people's lives. And and that's a gift. And so I love that. And it gives me comfort. It isn't with wise and persuasive words, but it's His power. Mm-hmm. And it's his love. So um, those are just a few, but I just love the entirety of his word. I really do. I, I love being able, it's not what I say, it's what you say. And there have been times that I've actually just had the back of my hand just hitting my Bible, just saying, God, I didn't say it. You said it. You yeah. said this. You say that you will contend with those who contend with me. You say that I am the apple of your eye. You say, and I love that because it doesn't really, it's not resting on me. It's resting on him and he's a good dad. Yeah. So, yeah. Dr. Lori, do you have anything, just parting words or anything that you want to say? I think Tanya said it so well, the ultimate connection has to be with Jesus Mm -hmm. and that's just it. And so that has to be more real than anything else. And as we connect with him, anything that's not of him and how do we know what's not of him? And it's just really clear in our word and, 
And if we get into that and if we know what he says, we're allowed to think about if he if we know what he says that under pressure and duress, then what should come out of us as believers that it's just really clear about what we can do and not do, not because of of religion or just a, a list of rules, but because we are desperate for the son of God who became the son of man in relationship and connection with him. And as we do that, then things start to develop in us like self-control and our brain starts to change and our emotions start to line up. And then our routine, what we want to do and not want to do actually changes because we're so desperate to just behold him and to become him. Yeah. So Tanya, if there was uh, just one thing that you could say to someone listening to right, right now, what would that be? Respond to him and mm. don't react to what's going on and, and your emotions, but respond to the Father. Um, respond, don't react. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. So what I'm hearing is if I'm someone and I'm in fear, or if someone out there is in fear, not to take this on as any part of your of a way that you have to live or whatever you've gone through that that might have even give a a false permission. Like Tanya said, there's a direct attack and she was attacked at a young age and there's a real enemy that's coming for identity. And so if we can just get out of that for just a moment and plug ourselves into the word and know our authority in Christ and he's given us power and love and a sound mind and that's the spirit that we can come up under, then if we can come up under that, we can really start to change the way that we think. And if we change the way that we think, we change our brains. And if we change our brains, then we change our life. And that really can be possible. So I just want to encourage listeners to, if you're in fear right now, to just take a second and respond. That this is an invitation to respond to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and to see what he has to say about you and about who you belong to. So thank you, Tanya, for being with us. Thank you, Dr. Lori, for your insight as always. And until next time, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.